What's going on guys, got a new episode for you here with Luke. I first met him when I was looking for somebody to shoot the first images for Here Now collection and uh, we've been talking about sitting down and recording an episode for a long time but just now had the opportunity to do so. Enjoy the episode, we speak on a bunch of different topics but had a very genuine conversation about kind of our thoughts on certain situations and our new experiences going into college and uh, how Luke got to where he's at now in his career. So give Luke a follow on Instagram if you enjoyed this episode and uh, subscribe on whatever channel you're listening. Without further ado, episode number four. You are now tuned into the Here Now podcast. We're live. All right, we're recording. So, Luke. Yes. Uh, I'm so a little backstory here. Luke uh, shot the first photos for HN. Um, day ones. Oh my god, dude! What, when was this? Like September? It was a while ago. It was Golden Hour, September, White Rock Lake. Oh my god! And uh, I, I connect. I got connected to Luke through Drake uh, or Deadly Doodles to some. Love that guy. Um, and yeah, we've been talking about recording a episode for a while now, and we finally got time to sit down. Forced, forced sometimes sit down. That's right. You've been traveling a lot. I've been traveling a lot. And like at some point when you do the jobs that we do, like you, you could never have free time. Yeah. And so it's just like taking the free time that you don't have and then making some of it free. Exactly. Because like it's not like we're the kind of people to like sit around and like <laughs> just have time to not do anything. No, yeah. There's always something to do. And I, didn't, I never thought of whether or not that was like being a creative or just being driven to like I think it's being passionate about something. Okay. Cuz even if you're an like an entrepreneur or like some in some sort of business level, you could be so passionate that you don't have free time. Your free time is forced because if you were going to be idle, you'd be doing something. It's that drive. Yeah. I think that's not in every field. But I feel like it, it can be if if you're always, you know, kind of taking in from your surroundings, from just like everyday activity to kind of influence. Wait, shit, that's no, tri- that's creative. Yeah, it's, it's strictly creative, though. That doesn't work with numbers or like... No, yeah. Lines. Yeah. Damn. We, we also, I want to mention, we were having this conversation before the, uh, the cast started, but Hercules versus Tarzan. <laughs> <laughs> it's really important to me. Dude, okay, so you're doing these polls on Instagram, correct? Yes, at LukeAD. I have started like, the past like three days. It's not a long time of doing it, but putting two movies that I really enjoy both of them, but like one a little bit more, and seeing what people think and what the what that percentage is. And I've been wrong both times in what I thought people would do. Yeah. I mean, Blues Brothers or Step Brothers okay. is my first one, and Step that one's Brothers. on me because I Blues Brothers is my favorite movie of all time. Okay, like I saw that movie when I was like six. My dad ingrained that movie in my head. I made my friend dress up with me once and reenact <laughs> my favorite scenes from that movie when I was a kid. You know, I only know the reference and I know the song, and but that's it. Like I don't actually know the movie. Nineteen ninety four, I believe. John 90- Belushi, Dan Aykroyd. And, or somewhere around there, and it's one of, it's so incredible. Dude, this so entire, I, I saw that I was in the wrong on that one because that's just like my childhood. This entire time, I thought that, I mean, we're the same age. I thought that Blues Brothers was way older. I don't think so. Let's ask Alexa, 
When was the movie The Blues Brothers made? The film The Blues Brothers was released about 37 years ago on June 20th, 1980. 1980? I was way wrong. Yeah, she said 37 years ago. Yeah. Holy shit, yeah. Okay, that's what I was thinking. That makes more sense. And see, uh, because you just posted this on your technically work account, right? Uh, Yeah, like my portfolio account. Yeah. So, in your portfolio account, you posted this on, what was it, Tuesday? Uh, yeah, I think Tuesday. I at first I thought that you were trying to settle like an argument with uh, yeah with somebody, and then the second time you posted, I thought that maybe you were compiling uh, movies like classic movies with like more modern movies that are in oh. the same genre but have like like the same dynamic. Interesting. But that's originally what it was. Like okay. that, that's because that's what it was. It was. Um, like that one was step brothers. Like the word brother really got me on that one, and it was a duo in both of them. So it was, it was that, but it wasn't always necessarily uh, like um, age based. It was just two similar ones. Okay. So then, so then I did uh, after step brothers and blues brothers was die hard or born. Both have multiple movies in the series. Mm-hmm. Both have I think one movie that's way stronger than the others. Both have a lead male actor. And so, I think Die Hard has the better singular movie. I'm sorry. I think, yeah, I think Die Hard has the better singular movie, the Christmas uh, Die Hard. Yeah. And then, I think Bourne has the better series. Okay. So, but, so for series, Bourne won. People were right. See, and I like Bourne strictly because I remember more of Bourne. And, like, it's weird because I only remember the, the later movies of Die Hard and the older movies of Bourne. That is interesting. And I don't know why I don't know why that that is. The thing is they're both great films and I think it's interesting to see people get so heated about it cuz I'm like oh, yeah. and, but then it's I'm personal. because yeah, it's personal, but then I'm like but do you like Die Hard? And they're like, "Oh yeah, I love Die Hard." And I'm like, "Well, okay. You're you're fighting real hard against it right now." He's like, "You've got me heated. Like you got yeah, me. Yeah. I'm passionate about it." The last one was what we said Tarzan and Hercules, both lead male like uh super or not superhero, but um Disney movies. Yeah. Um and I'm a Hercules guy cuz once again, they're my my two favorites, but I got to go Hercules, man. That music is bananas. Dude, I remember wanting to be Hercules. I was Hercules for six Halloweens in a row. Oh my god! And I had, uh, I was in love with this girl, and she, uh, she was Meg. <laughs> <laughs> Weird dynamic duo for six years straight. I think so. Like oh when I was god. a kid, my mom said that like, we would always be Hercules and Meg. I believe I was. Uh, I'm terrible with the names, but the the little one in Lion King. Timon. Timon. I was a little one. I was Timon. Were you ever little? You're so tall. Uh, yeah, like at weeks old. I was little. Oh. But not really. So, <laughs> but like, I'm sure you, have you not, like, I was not tall my whole life. Well, okay, so I was born big, but I was a late bloomer. Okay. So, I was born at around 10 pounds. That's a turkey. Yeah. That's, that's really not a baby. Big. That's a turkey, and that's normal. So, I was the middle one in my family. My sister was 12. And my brother was, I think, oh, I was 11. My brother was 10. My sister was 12. Oh, wow. Yeah. Anyways, I was I was big, born, and then I probably didn't grow very much um, until, like, middle school. And 
because of it, my mom gave me a nickname when I was younger. And I mean, it's sticks because that's fun. Though. Whatever. That's it's Chaparrito, which is shorty. Because everybody thought I was gonna be a short, short guy. I see, me too. Oh man, that's interesting. We're both tall, relatively. How tall are you? Six two. What are you? Six three and a half. Six three. Four. Six three and a half on a good day. <gasps> I like those days. Yeah, those days are the bomb. Sometimes I get in my car and I'm thinking like. Who the fuck drove my car? Like I have to like readjust the stuff. Yeah, and I was right? like, oh wait, it was, it was, it was yesterday. It's just me. Yeah, <laughs> had a good day yesterday. That's too funny. We got off to a really hot start, and we just started rambling. I know. Sorry, man. I have this thing on podcast where tangents happen. So okay, and, and on the note of like podcast, uh, you shared a episode with me. Was this, yes. what is it exactly? Like a pilot? Or okay, so a buddy real? of mine and I, John Stale, love you, John. He is an audiophile, and he um, and I were going to do a presentation at work on podcasts, and our big sell was going to be, we wanted to be the foremost experts on it, so we started a podcast, <laughs> and um, it was called Top 5, and it was top, we would randomly choose our top five of, like, Movies with under 50% on Rotten Tomatoes or top five things to do while you're sitting in an airport. And so it was just top five. Because mm. you know like the old like what's your top five, like your top five hip-hop albums? Like, yeah. That's like, you know, and so it's just like kind of a play on that. So we recorded three episodes, one with my friend Garrett, um, and it was about board, like our top five board games. Okay. So you could be nerdy, you could be, it could be like hip-hop, it could be music, it could be so random as sitting in the airport. And yeah, I sent you one. And it was great, and I wanted it. You liked it? Yeah, I, I loved it. I wanted to subscribe if it was available anywhere, Ugh. but it's not. Nope, not yet. Maybe I have to do it. That's what you said a year ago. I know, but he has a baby now. Oh, God. Maybe I need a new co-host, John, if your baby's more important than me. Replace him, dude. <laughs> yeah. It's easy. Who should? Hey, this is an open casting call. <laughs> uh, if you'd like to co-host a podcast with me, uh, it's called Top 5, and you just got to have charisma. Did you have a, uh, a theme song? Uh, no, I would just jokingly go, top five, top five, at the beginning, just as like, that was like our joke theme song. Dude, but it sounded so good. I didn't realize it. It's all coming together. I know. So I like your voice. It's a weird <laughs> thing to say. But like, I like your voice in the, like on when you're recording. And at first I thought, I was like, you know what? Like maybe he just knows what he's doing when he's recording and like. And like you tweak it afterwards, and that's what you send out. <laughs> and that's how it make me sound good. Yeah, but it, I just recorded like a quick sample, and it's just like, wait a minute, his voice is magic. I've never heard that before. You are one hundred percent the first person, and it feels good. I'm not gonna lie; it's a it's a great compliment because most people don't like hearing their own voice. But um, I think I have a wide range. Like my voice can go from like this kind of lower timber to my laugh is <laughs> like I can go all the way up here and it also I talk like that like I just go between both all the yeah. time and you have a background in singing yes so I did classical music and musical theater um, and you know had a vocal coach and all that great stuff and did all the competitions for UIL and uh, all that fun stuff singing classical music this goes way back this goes way back this goes uh, first choir was in seventh grade and then Started taking it seriously when I was 14. I quit tennis. Uh, <laughs> to focus on your passion. Yeah, I had a crazy, amazing tennis tournament. And uh, after it, I quit. It was like state, you know, like the big tennis tournaments. And yeah. We won. And then after that, like the next year, I quit. And where, okay, so then you started singing. Like when did you kind of like 
leave singing. Leave tennis for singing or leave, stop singing? Stop singing. Uh, basically, two years into um, college, I would still like sing at like some random things. Um, and a buddy of mine would play on the subway uh, together. But since then, man, I almost sang a song at a wedding recently. <laughs> like, you know, like how they'll like, have people like sing while they walk in there. I almost did that, yeah. but um, it's been a while. That's so crazy. I know, but I don't know. I, th- I think I'm in retirement. What uh, and what what instruments do you play? Uh, vocal cords, uh, <laughs> uh, guitar. Uh, you know, I'm not like a crazy, amazing guitar player, but I play guitar. Um, and then I jam on the keyboard for fun. I'm actually in the process of getting electric drums with my roommate, oh my so God. we can have a full band set here. There's like Guitar Hero in real life. In real rock life. Band. In real life. Yeah, right. Rock band. Which is life. just like what the game is. But Which, yeah, it's it's like if you were playing uh, GTA and you went and stole a car <laughs> and shot somebody. Dude. That's the equivalent of being actually in a band. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. <laughs> I, I'm still trying to wrap my head around this because it's... Okay, so I grew up um going the local elementary school was a like music academy so oh, wow. it was like necessary for you to play an instrument no matter what your grade level like you started from the beginning like yeah. kindergarten you were already playing an instrument yeah all the way through but the problem was that they let you switch as you pleased yeah and so like you try it one year like i don't like this next year changing 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 and so i've played like drums and i've played like a uh, piano and like one of the flutes, I don't know which one it was, <laughs> but I've played all these things and nothing ever stuck. And really? Yeah. And but maybe that's just that that wasn't your passion. It wasn't. I mean, it's I was. Not. My dad always sang, okay. and I I think that's why it stuck me. I just don't think it stuck for you. Hmm. My dad like is a huge Dean Martin fan. I was listening to Led Zeppelin at a very early age. Like, all these kinds of things. I was seeing, shown the Blues Brothers at a very early age. That's right. So it's, like, all these things I think my parents, like, I think my parents somehow always knew I was going to be an artist in a way. Like, my mom's very creative, and my dad is underratedly creative, I think. And so they, I think they just, like, knew me or my sister was going to be, like, artsy, and they, like, they really supported the arts. That's so cool. I, I was talking to someone on an airplane the other day. I mentioned before the podcast as well, I... Got on an airplane last night and had a day trip to Fort Lauderdale in Miami for work. And um, I got on a plane and I had a full three-hour conversation with a woman on the flight back. Very deep, very good conversation. Um, And it was really, really interesting just talking like someone you just met for three hours. But, um, uh, oh, I was going down there for – I was was talking about how my parents instilled the art in me. And I was telling her how uh, my parents – it was never, Luke, you shouldn't try to be a director or a videographer. Or, Luke, you shouldn't pursue music or any of that. Like, they were full-on supportive of me regardless of the fact that, it, you know, some parents would rather your kid just get a good, safe job. Yeah. So, I think it's just been, like, that's that's how I got to where I am today, I think, is because they promoted that instead of trying to shoo those things away. That's cool. I, I don't think that my parents ever kind of prohibited me to to pursue certain things it's just that like because i'm a first generation i guess american and because like my parents don't have very much school like after a while they 
their idea of school and studies automatically gra- gravitates to, to like engineers and like mathematicians and stuff that's very but you can probably sympathize with that because that is like the fact that my parents were supportive is a little bit of a white privilege like yeah. that like my parents can afford to be supportive like, even though like you know we were not terribly well off or anything like that wasn't the point the point is that like they didn't they weren't scarred from that yeah like they weren't nervous about that part of it you know so it is a thing that's kind of check your privilege a little bit too yeah like the bill like my dad was first generation american so i'm second on his side but you what know, about on your mom's side uh i think she's second or third she's 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 farther granted both of his parents are from italy okay so and they have that weird thing i don't know your parents clearly didn't teach you this because you know spanish but <laughs> my dad's parents did not teach him italian because they didn't want him to have an accent no yeah my mom i was actually just talking to my mom about this the other day that she knows somebody who's doing that um or did that with their kids because they didn't want them to have the accent so that when they grow up or when they're like going to school like nobody like beats them up for it like it's so sad that they think that way because it's sad on two reasons sad because they've been hurt yeah and sad because they're hurting their kid by not making them bilingual yeah and then those kids like suffer like the it's so much more difficult to pick up a language when you're older. Oh my gosh, why is that though? <laughs> I think uh, I think our brains suck. Yeah, our like, brains definitely suck. I think it's probably one of those things where it's like hardwired. Yeah. And like once you get older, like those like layers start kind of like cementing, and it's hard to kind of break breakaways. That was a really good analogy. I'm just speaking out of my ass here. No, but no, it makes it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. What were we saying? Uh, we were just talking about the the language, the not to, to uh, like having your kid have an accent. But that's right. My yeah, my dad doesn't know Italian, and he's uh, definitely wishes he did. Well, the thing with my family is that they didn't know English, <laughs> right? And so they they didn't have that like let's teach them English instead yeah, of Spanish. Yeah, my grandpa was younger when he came to America, so God. it's yeah, you're right. It's very different. But you speak. I mean, I haven't heard your Spanish, but you speak uh, English. With very very little accent. See, and some people say I have a thick accent, and some no, people don't even like hear it at all. I can hear it on certain words, but yeah. like, it's definitely like not terribly noticeable or anything like that. Sure. Also, not like it's a bad thing. Like that's another thing. It's like accents. I mean, right? There's racist people and they <laughs> suck. Yeah. Whatever. I don't value their opinion. Uh, <laughs> but like the average like twenty to thirty five year old thinks accents are kind of cool. Yeah, for sure. That's yeah. Keep up, freaking old people. Stop being so racist. I saw a funny like picture. It was like old people are racist and like can't uh, keep our government running. Uh, younger generations are eating laundry detergent. So I think we're doing a pretty good job. <laughs> yeah. Man, that laundry detergent thing. That's wild. When I went to Target and I saw that Tide Pods were locked. Yeah, dude. I almost like flipped out i it, was like this is bananas it sucks because you like little kids little kids suck man i like i don't even know where to start like who like every time i do a shoot with kids it pushes off me wanting kids <laughs> i'm wait okay before we change subjects but it's uh, tide pods is this generation <laughs> i feel like our generation may have had that choking game which is equally as dumb like choking each other 
Wait, oh shit, was this like a regional? Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Okay, so when we, I guess in like <laughs> middle school, like these kids would essentially get the, like a belt and tie it to like the closet tie okay. rod. This is some weird Houston stuff right here. I don't think so because I saw Houston. It. Okay. Get yourself not not too wild. long, <laughs> not too long after this Tide Pod thing, like. You know, people complain, complain, complain. Somebody gets, like, tired of it. And they're like, you know what? I'm going to call out your generation and bring back, like, a throwback. Yeah. Whatever. To your generation. And, it, it like, I honestly had forgotten about that. And, like, I don't really know what the challenge was, quote, unquote. Um, I think it was something about, like, basically choking yourself. Until you almost pass out? Until you pass out. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And, like, obviously some kids died because of this. Well, yeah. But, like, and I don't know I don't know how. Also they, kind of erotic. Yeah, for, like, a, a, for like a kid. For anybody, and this is a 12, 13-year-old doing it. Yeah, like, this is. And I wasn't, I was never part of the crowd that did it. You weren't cool enough. I wasn't cool enough to choke myself. I, it, it's just, and so I don't really oh, know no. exactly how they did it or, like, what was, like, the release point. That's insane. I don't know. This is a Houston thing. And at the end of the day, I'm now I'm logistically speaking, like if you pass out and you're at home alone, like your friends, why don't you just say you did it and they don't actually do it? You know, like if you're doing yeah, it to be right. to be cool, like, there's no ha- kind of like how do you do you have to do it around somebody? Yeah, I guess that's it. Man, Houston, y'all did some weird stuff. We just shot I, hornets at each other. Did you have hornets? I don't know what those are. Folded up little pieces of paper. You put a tack oh, in it. Dude. And shoot yeah, it at each in other. like sixth grade. Yeah. Yeah, those things suck. It did. Do you ever have poppers? Like the little things? You know. No, no, no. Like you folded your paper a certain way. Mm-mm. And then like you like swung it and with like the air running through it, it would catch it and just like pop. The... Oh, that's interesting. No, we didn't do that. We weren't yeah. cool enough. We had that in elementary school. And you grew up in Dallas? I grew up in Dallas. Yep. In a very non-Texan home. I don't think that... I don't think that was regional. I think that was nationwide. Really? I may just have really not been cool enough then. Or if you, you weren't cool enough, I really wasn't you, cool did enough. Did you go to public school? Yeah. Hmm. Was it a good public school? Uh, yeah. I mean... Then that's your problem. Yeah, that's true. Not a great junior high. I mean, they weren't like exceptional. I mean, they're they're decent. I think they're no New York public school, which is just god awful. But they're no yeah. like Highland Park. Highland Park's nice. Highland Park's the worst, <laughs> but it is nice. Um, and you went to college in New York. New York, yeah, St. John's University. Go Johns. Did you say Johnny's? Johnny's baby. That doesn't sound weird. <laughs> It doesn't sound intimidating. Well, so they were Johnny's, then they were something racist, and then they were the Red Storm. And then they changed, like, and it's like all of our stuff's like the Red Storm, but like all of our chants are Johnny's. Old school. It's just the St. John's Johnny's. How old is the school? 18, late 1800s. It's really old. Like A&M old? 1876? 1886? Uh, probably older. Alexa, when was St. John's University founded? St. John's University formed in 1870. Ooh. Six years earlier. Dude, it's a long time ago, but like at the same time, it's not. It's pretty long, though. You know what's crazy to think about? I had this conversation with someone the other day. 
um, like there was still like a good amount of racism in like the 1950s. Yeah. I mean, there's obviously racism today. Yeah. And it's not an excuse for racism today, but um, can you imagine? Like, that's really not very long ago. No. Our parents grew up in like a far more intentionally racist time, at least. Yeah. Like, that's why you understand why things are still in place, like, whenever you see something. Because it's like, it really wasn't that long ago that, like, it was okay. That generation is still alive. Yeah, it's pretty wild. It's so crazy. Like, the last Holocaust survivors are dying. Or, like, even people who served in that war, like, they're dying now. But, like, there's still people who, like, were alive during the Holocaust that are alive. Yeah. I mean, that's um, famous comedian's dad, right? Uh, Ari Shapir. Are you oh, familiar really? with him? No. He, well, Is he a Jew? Yeah. Yes. As far as I know, he grew up Jewish, and now he's not. Um, but his dad was in the... It's crazy. That's wild. Wait, and so kind of bringing that back a little bit. Tying it to, like, present day, do you think, what do you think that the, the, like, the majority of, like, these cop shootings with, like, I mean, like, the shootings that you hear, you know, today, yeah. like, do you think that they're, like, one of the people involved are part of the generation of, like, racism? Or do you think, think that they're younger? I think, you mean from the police side? Yeah. I think they're almost all from that, not all, but they're, a lot of them are from that generation or are born to people who are from that generation and they learn from them. I almost feel, I know this is going to be a really weird sentence and this is going to have to be I mean, we, but, yes, but we also got off to a hot start with Hercules and now we're, true, so true. we're good, just keep so going. Good. Okay, so I think, I almost feel bad for racists sometimes because you're not born racist, you're taught it. I feel bad that they were born into a situation where they were taught that that's okay. Shit, man. I've never thought about it that way. And you're I try, right. So I try to, my like biggest goal in life is to like love everybody, no matter what. So even if people are really, really shitty. Yeah. Like, to me, the way to combat that is to love them. Fuck, dude. And there's this quote by, speaking of the Holocaust, I believe it's pronounced Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He, hey, right here. Uh, he was he plotted to kill Hitler okay. and got caught and got imprisoned and he wrote basically like all these things and one of his things is God loves your enemy just as much as he loves you Damn it. and it's true so it's like whenever someone sucks I gotta try to love on them and when someone rocks I try to love on them but like <laughs> you like love that's love. why like I have empathy that doesn't at the same time I 100% understand having no empathy for those people. Yeah. But, like, when you do look at it like that, like, I don't think you're born racist. I think you learn it. Actually, I know you do. I know you're not born that way. It's so crazy because, uh, and, like, these people tend to live together. And they tend to be part of small communities. And these values kind of just stick around because it's the norm. And, like, you immediately leave, like, a small town, go to a big city. And, like... Even Dallas to New York was a big eye-opener for me. Dude, I recently visited New York. and like, so I lived with, so let's think. That room was um, a Puerto Rican and two black people. Then the other room, this is my suite, was two black people. Then the other room was a white kid. And then my room was three white kids. But it was split. And like that was not the case in yeah. Dallas, Richardson, Texas. So no, like, no. Um, like just seeing their day-in lives. Yeah. Like... 
I remember very vividly, like, one of my first weeks, me and one of the guys, he had, like, a high-top fade, and he was a black dude, and he, uh, we walked into the NBA store, and an employee was, like, following us the entire time. Yeah. And I was so confused, because an employee has never followed me in the <laughs> store before. Yeah. And I was like, yo, have you, I was like, man, have you noticed that they're following us? And he's like, yeah, they always follow me. What? Dude. He was like, yeah, dude, they think I'm going to steal something. I was like, doesn't that make you want to steal something so much more? <laughs> He's like, yeah, dude, I'm not crazy. Like, you know, like that's not going to work out for me. Like, that's insane. But I had never even experienced that before. See, and then I and I guess I can tell the story from the other side. So I grew up in a Hispanic neighborhood. Actually, I grew up on the nice side of the ghetto in Houston. Yeah, you're a ghetto snob. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and I moved... Later in life, I moved from one side of the church to the other side, and it got even more white. Really? Yeah. And so, but, like, it's still, like, it's not, like, white. It's going to sound weird. It's not, like, white, white. It's just, like, white. Yeah. Ghetto. Yeah. And so, they're, like, older people, and, like, they kind of stay to themselves. And so, I grew up in this, like, predominantly black neighborhood, right? Um, And then went to school with predominantly Hispanics. Hmm. Of all sorts. And so prior to going to college, I went to school in Texas A&M. Prior to going to college, like, I hadn't really interacted with, a, like, a white person, like an American. Interesting. And, like, I never met them. And obviously I watch TV and I watch movies. And so, like, I had seen them. But it, was, it just seemed like... It's so funny. that like we're a different some, animal. Something else. Right? Yeah. And, like, you know, like in these What movies, was that something else to you? Was it a judgmental something else? Was it a just different? Was it... Like, well, I only saw characters, and so they were just like TV, but not like real. What's your impression of a white guy at the time? Like, what, like, yeah, like, what was your impression of, like, what would you think of a white guy was? Like, if the stereotype of a Mexican to someone who's never met a Mexican is like someone who, like, works in, uh, like a service industry and, like, speaks with, like, a heavy Hispanic accent and has yeah. a mustache. Okay? Yeah. Like, what was that for white people? Um, so, office job. Uh, for some reason, like a, like a bright colored house. Interesting. With like a, you know, fence of a sort. And I didn't have to be white or I didn't have to be picket, but I had to have like some sort of like privacy. Yeah. You know? Like, but at the same time, like a sense of community. It's like such a weird thing to like say. No, but, it makes sense. Like you had, you had the luxury of getting your privacy. Exactly. But you could also be in a, like a community. Yeah. Did it seem like a fake community or did it seem as tight as the, your Mexican community? I, I, like I didn't even think that far. Like I didn't okay. think it's okay. the personality. I just thought of like the situation. And so for me, that's always been like a goal, I guess, to kind of like, cause what I saw on TV just seemed so much nicer than like right. what I was in. Even though, like, I, I lived a perfectly fine life, better than some of my friends. Right. And, like, but it's all, like, when you're younger, it's all relative. You right. Know? Right. And so. Like, the poorest guy in a rich neighborhood still feels poor. Yeah. Damn, it's deep. I live in the land of the deep. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, and so, going to college, I met my first, like, white people. Yeah. And it was, like, I, like, I didn't know what Chick-fil-A was until I went to college. <laughs> Because those didn't exist in my neighborhood. I think we got our first Chick-fil-A like two, maybe three years into college. That's really interesting. And so 
Man, I lived off that my freshman year. Yeah. Dude, it was so great. <laughs> it was like... That's amazing. Anyways, um, and then I would go out. Guys, the story went really long. It's good though. And then we went out to, you know, like to the mall or to the movie theater or whatever. And like, for them, it was the first time, because they come from small towns. Yeah. And like, for them kind of experiencing like, the people looking at me yeah like they don't necessarily follow me but they always have like an eye on me yeah and they thought that that was weird and they, it was new to them but similar to it's it's the other perspective it's yeah. that was your life that was normal for you yeah it's not normal that's really interesting it's crazy it's yeah we got deep into like serious or not necessarily serious i mean serious but like yeah and this is a conversation i feel like doesn't happen enough like because people are so quick to judge others, um, like for a point of view that maybe doesn't, like for a point of view that maybe doesn't make you racist, but then also uh, is not like the most common, like for not being like pro affirmative action or something. I don't think that make I don't think everyone who's not pro affirmative action is racist, but I think that a lot, you know, maybe a lot of them lean that way, and so it's like the whole gets judged for the sum. And it's it makes it to where like people can't have this conversation because yeah. I don't feel like they can be open without immediately being pigeonholed as something. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I feel like if more of these conversations happen, then people would understand each other a lot more. Dude, the other day I said I think we need less internet. How do you feel about that? The last internet. Less internet. Oh, less internet. Um, it's interesting. The, the internet can be a really powerful tool of good, and it can be a really powerful tool of bad. And I think it also depends on how you curate it for yeah. yourself. But it's similar with, like, artificial intelligence and all these things that are happening. Uh, just because something can do something doesn't mean it should. doesn't mean it's ethical. Yeah. And so the internet, some of it, it blurs is, that line. Yeah, it's not ethical. And, like, maybe not everyone should have that power. Dude, but are you going to start throttle, throttling? Um, can you... No, I wouldn't. But at the same time, it's like... It just distracts so many people. If, if I just wish people could be more self-controlled with the internet. Yeah. Like, people, I think, well, I mean, we might as well. School shootings. I think <laughs> I, I think that, like, the um, there's major issues with it all, right? Guns are a major issue part of it. Yeah. But uh, I understand what people say when they say it's not one issue. That doesn't mean you shouldn't do anything about guns. You absolutely should. It's just saying that there's more than just one thing. And another thing I think is that people get to bully others on the internet because they don't have to actually see the person cry. Dude, I never thought about that. They can just make fun of you and then not feel the repercussions of having to see you be hurt. The, be the reaction to it. Right. So the internet has made it to where kids are being bullied at higher rates. See, and I only... Even have... though it's not physical, it's worse. It's mental. Yeah. And I only ever thought of it from the other end where like when like back in the day when you would get um bullied like you would go home and that was it like you could hide away from it and you could kind of right. like recharge for the next day like who how how is someone gonna bully me when i'm at home yeah right like it's pretty hard like now you can just like hit someone up and be like you suck yeah you fucking suck your nose is big yeah and you just don't have to like in even towards like celebrities take it like that too like how many people can sit <laughs> behind a keyboard and just say like i hate something you. hurt hurtful yeah Although it makes for a good segment on Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah, exactly. Um, damn. Yeah, and fuck. I hate bullying. 
I know, bullying sucks, man. I was never a bully. I mean, I was... A good amount of bull... Like, there's a there's a specific amount of bullying that is good for you. Yeah, there really is. Like, something that you, you do need to be toughened up. Yeah. And life's not fair. And you need to be able to take that. Uh, and I think I was bullied the appropriate amount. I think... What, what does that mean? It means that, like... I had to deal with pain of people saying mean things and learn how to deal with that. Yeah. But it wasn't so much that it made me, like, question, like, if my life was worth living. Mm, okay. Yeah. Something interesting with kids who um, perform, perform mass um, murders, they, they think that's their best play at the time. Yeah. They think the best thing for them to do is maybe this like they'll get their name in the news, they'll get attention finally. Yeah. Or maybe they're trying to hurt somebody because they've been hurt so bad. But they they don't do it because it's fun. They do it because it's they think it's their best move at that time. If we can make kids not think that's their best move, I think it's a societal change, you know, then I think that will help a lot. In addition, let's make it harder to get guns because of course that is a problem as well. But just that mental side of it, I think, makes a huge difference for kids. That's such a big, that's such a big concept to even try to target, though. Right, and I think because it's so big, that's why nothing has happened. Because it's it's hard to target it because it's such a big problem. My sister's a junior high teacher, and I'm always terrified that she is going to be a victim of one of these things. Because I know her. Like if someone came in her room, she would do everything she could to stop that person. And so it's like. It's it's one of those things where it finally when it finally hits you, even if it's not your school or your sister's school, like it, it makes you like think bigger about how to solve the problem. Like if someone you know gets cancer, like you may start donating to like the American Cancer Society. Yeah. But if it doesn't affect you then it, yeah, it's kind of out of sight, out of mind type thing. Yeah. And when you can turn off the T V and kind of look away, it's easier for some people to kind of come to terms with it that way yeah oh man how did we end up here i don't know man this hole keeps getting deeper and deeper i know sorry this is supposed to be just talking about how i got to being be creative like, creative <laughs> having deep conversations honestly is probably a big part of it though so we've been talking about it this whole damn time yeah i like I, I really enjoy connecting to people and having honest full conversations with people that's what i love about podcasting because there's, it's very rare that you'll have somebody's full attention for an extended right. period of time. Yeah. Like, like, I'm not looking at my phone. No. And it's like the last thing on your mind. Yeah. And you're just kind of talking about what you've seen and what you've kind of both enjoyed and disliked and um, kind of expand your horizons that way. I took a buddy of mine and I were hanging out the other day and I was like, what should we put on? He's like, I don't want to just put on nothing. What if we just talked? Like, that'd be cool. Like, let's do that. You know, and it's like, it's kind of like what podcasting forces you to do. Yeah. And you learn a lot. Yeah. You really do. And you change, not change your perspective, but like learn to kind of understand new things yeah. in a different way. Absolutely. There's a lot that you, 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 you speak very concisely <laughs> and like, you're like, you're making your points and you're moving on and they're at. At times, I'm like, ooh, I have something to say to that. You gotta and stop like, me, man. Dude, I can't. Like, you're just, you're on a rope. You and, like, I want to know what you're, like, where you're going with this. And by the time that you finish your point, I'm like, shit, that was good. That's why some podcasters have, I think, to take notes. Because they're like, remind me to bring back up this. Oh, my God. 
I know one of them was about how, like, I don't remember the quote that you recited, but basically to love others. Yeah. That's something that, it's something that people, some people do subconsciously and some people do it consciously. Yep. And like, it's, it's great when you're doing it subconsciously. I mean, unconsciously, but it's also very difficult to learn to do it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It's to if, like if, if you're one of those people who's it. kind of born with that, then it's cool. But if it's if you have to like really focus on it, it's much more difficult. And I've made it a point in the past like year to make Dude. it a priority. I went through this funk where like, okay, whoa, okay, now I'm remembering why what was tied from one term to this. So I was thinking about this because we were talking about being bullied. Oh. And so when you said you were bullied the perfect amount, I thought to myself, like, was I? And I remember being bullied enough to where, like, I was able to, to like, grow from it. Right. But then I grew out of it so quickly that I felt kind of compelled to not bully. I guess in a sense I was bullying others. I was kind of, like, projecting it because of, like, I Yeah, I definitely was not innocent. In the in the not bullying others, I definitely wasn't innocent. But and then so I bullied a little bit, and I was kind of, mostly just kind of like being a bit of a jerk, but because I could get away with it and it got laughs. Yeah, and like it just kind of put me in the green as opposed to being in the red of being yeah. bullied. Um, and then it wasn't until I got to like college that I started like meeting all these people and like meeting genuinely nice people. Some that I mean, types of people that I hadn't ever met back where I was from. And so this kind of like opened my perspective and like kind of got me to understand other things. And then like towards my end of my like college career, like I kind of like had this like pivotal moment where I just kind of like was happy with everything. Yeah. I was happy with the people around me that I kind of started projecting love onto other people. And like when I would go out and like go to like, you know, a grocery store and they would bag my groceries. Like, yeah. You know, like, thank you. I like, appreciate that. But like, I would like mean it wholeheartedly. Yeah. When before I would say it, and it was like, say it like out of like a nice gesture, but it was almost empty words. Yeah, it's almost like you say it so many times, it, it lost its meaning. Exactly. But yeah, you started to really mean it. Yeah. And then like, that that was cool to like, kind of like learn to like realize what was happening. And then the workforce kind of like brought me back down to like a weird funk again. Yeah. Where like, I didn't realize I had kind of fallen back to it. And, like, I'm just now coming back out of it. And it's just so, like, rewarding to be nice to other people. It is, man. Especially it's, when they don't expect it. Yeah, man. And, like, I – like, it's one of those things, like, it's selfish in a way because you feel good after it. But, like, <laughs> like it's not it's not totally selfless. But at the same time, it's, like – you know, for me, like, with it being based in, like, Christianity and religion, which that's another interesting, I think, topic of, like, being a creative but being a Christian is kind of an – uncommon duo yeah it seems like at least especially in advertising um but like that's where that's based from like to me and i and i always try to pride myself on not being like i'm not judgmental towards people of other religions like i have great friends who are not christians i don't only hang out with christians but like for me my personal feelings towards it is like i feel like i've been given so much that i have a lot to give hmm you know what I'm saying? Yeah. If that makes sense. If you believe in that, then like it makes you feel like you got a lot of love to give. And like if you get a flat tire, be grateful you had a car to get a flat tire. Yeah. That kind of mindset. 
That got real deep again. Sorry. Dude, that was so good. <laughs> These are the things I think about. These are the things that keep me up and wake me up. Like, I, I really think if people would be more loving to each other, we'd solve a ton of issues. I think um, it's just a part of our day-to-day lives that it's become okay to be mean. And it's just not. Yeah, it's it's almost as if being mean is glorified now. Yeah. Like, people love, like, movie stars when they neglect them. Neglect, yep. like, their fans because, you know, they're busy or they got more important things. They value other things more important than people. Yep. And, like, I feel like people is the highest thing you could value. Right. It should be, at the very least. And it's a it's really sad that it's not today. But and it's something that if, you know, one person can't change the world, but one person can at least change his surrounding. And he can, he can do that himself and hope others are doing that, too. God damn it, dude. We're like tying all the loose ends right now. That's how we do it, man. Oh my God. You're a perfect podcast host. Dude, you're a perfect guest. <laughs> Did we just become best friends? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my God. It's, it's, yeah. I think people would be a lot happier if they would live that way. I, uh, I was on a work trip to, um, Orlando and this lady, um, at the Avis Preferred desk was being rude and I, um, was not Avis Preferred, but I didn't know what that was. And so I went up to the desk and I tried to get our car and she was just not having it. And, uh, I turned to the person I was with. I was like, I'm about to be so nice to her that she's going to give us our car. She was like, just kind of regular her eyes at me. And I was just like, so nice, but genuinely it wasn't just to get the car. I was like, I bet you know, I bet you she has not smiled today. So I'm going to make her smile. And that's what she, that's what my, my coworker said. She's like, I guarantee she hadn't smiled today. And she gave us our car. Like she like was like, Do you have a company account? Like after a while and I was like, Yes, yeah. like, all right, I can do that from here. You know, and so it was like That's awesome. People would do that for people. She would be happier, you know, like it would be and then she would spread that. And Fantasy. people wouldn't shoot up schools. <laughs> to wrap it all together. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now I'll let you ask. You probably had like actual questions you wanted to ask, even though I'm sure we just talked for. Yeah, we can continue to talk. I don't even know how long. Yeah, I don't know how long we've been going. Why is your picture a fortune cookie? Ah, uh, dude, because your fortune is yours. I like that, or something like that. Um, I'm going for 45 minutes. Oh my god! And we like we. This was this is the intro. <laughs> this ain't the intro. <laughs> oh my god. So, I guess, I feel like I don't even know what to ask because this whole conversation has basically... I heard your Mexican accent right there, uh, by the way. Yeah, dude. A little bit of slur. Conversation. Man, I hate when that happens. Oh, and this... Okay, so my English has been... To my knowledge, up until I went to college, my English is perfect, right? Yeah. Because, like, took AP classes. I was, like, in all the clubs... I was in every school activity you could possibly do. Golf clubs. <laughs> and so, like, it was perfect. And then I go to college and I meet these, like, real white people. And they, like, start calling me out on my accents. And at first I took it personal. And yeah. It, like, made me very self-conscious. And then, like, and then I met, like, my group of friends who, like, would make fun of me. But at the same time kind of, like, helped me fix it. Yeah. And that's when I was like, oh, like, you and I aren't the same type of people. <laughs> Like, or a Martian. No. But alien. 
No. That's really um, interesting. Yeah. And so, yeah, my, my slight accent comes out at times. It's cool. Though. And it's just because, like, like, so what, okay, so one of the things that I never knew until, like, last year was that your blinkers on your car? So my mom, because her lack of English, she calls them signal lights, which is kind of like Spanish, but, like, it's also the wrong word. But it's like a direct translation to what they are in Spanish or something. Yeah. Yeah. And so this entire time I've been calling it, what have we, is it single? Single. Like like a single like only one light single light. Interesting. I've been, I've been Wait, when single. did you learn that it was not that? Like last year. Wow. And that's it was incredible. because I was working in an all female white environment in a like a editorial environment, and I said like single light, and they're like the what? And I was like the single light, like you know the blinker. Yeah, I got lit up. That's too funny. See, I wouldn't have lit you up because it's like. This is like it's there's interesting behind it. Like you that's a really interesting story. And that's a very good example of like the difference in growing up. Like and like your bullying was probably very different than my bullying. Yeah. That's really interesting. Man. Tie it back in, baby. Let's do it. Oh god. Alright. Uh so what's your current role at TRG? So I am I think my exact title is content creative, but what my uh, job is is to be a director and videographer and producer, one of and editor, like one of those four roles, depending on the day, um, for uh, basically all the agency's clients uh, that we work with for digital content, or I mean print and out of home, but um, we're just like our internal content production team. So I make videos, um, mostly in pictures from time to time. And you used to be? I used to be a brand manager, um, but I've, I've been doing video production since I was a kid, and so job opened up about a year in, and I uh, moved over to video land. And actually, like, I've, like, it's gotten me back into my old side projects and stuff, too, so it's like been really good. It's got me fully back into director mode. And what, did, what type of degree do you have from St. John's? Uh, Bachelor's of Science in Business Management. So, how did you end up in business management management when you have been doing film since like I never took it I never thought I, I could actually do it. I never thought it was like an actual career. I thought it was just something that like Luke was good at, and then when I was like eighteen, <laughs> did you just refer to yourself in third person <laughs> yeah well, cause i'm talking about I'm talking about um, like a, another you a, yeah, a different me. That's not me anymore. That's interesting. Yeah. I'm going to start that's, doing that. People are going to start hating me. <laughs> yeah. Old you, though. So. Old me. Because a second ago, I'm not that same yeah, person. Yeah, you're not him anymore. You're closer to dying now. Oh, shit. Um, sorry. Uh, but, yeah, I never thought it was a real potential job, I don't think. And then someone told me, like, you know, if you get, like, two cameras and some, like, simple lens package and a couple of mics and stuff, you could, like, record bar mitzvahs and weddings. And I was like, <laughs> that's just... huh. And so I started doing that when I was 18 with my best friend, Reed, and uh, we just went on a tear, and uh, we started a video production company, and I found out it could be a real career, but I was already a business major, and I really enjoyed business, too. It's important in anything you do, so, uh, but that's kind of where I became, um, I, I found out it could be a real possibility, and so that's why, I, but I, I majored in business already. Dude, 
So it's interesting that <laughs> that you that this that's your kind of like your story because for me I grew up wanting to be an, like an architect and then at one really? point it was like an engineer but it always stayed within like the technical side of stuff yeah and so and then I went back to architecture and then around the time I wanted when when you start looking at colleges yeah like, uh, for me it was A and mostly like Texas colleges. You start looking at the programs and you start looking at like the classes that you're taking and what you enjoy and then you kind of like relate it back. And so, so I was like, okay, like I like math yep. and like science and stuff. So I want it to be technical. Yep. Um, let's do like architecture. And I kind of tied it together and I was like in the... And did you like drawing at that time? So like did that help with architecture too? I, the only thing I drew was geometric things yeah and so it was never like an artistic way yeah it was just like a technical way and so it made sense that i wanted to do architecture when i started looking at programs because my brother is an aggie or yeah he's an aggie uh he was at a&m at the time i looked at a&m and they had the architecture school which so happened to have this the department called visualization yeah and so i didn't really I, I, I the first thing that got me into like technically art is one of my brother's friends was playing a prank on a friend of his, and he was photoshopping his friend's face onto like a Care Bear. Yeah. And it was like he like did the rosy cheeks and everything, and I was like, "Holy shit, this is awesome! This is cool! This is just like a hobby." Yeah. This was around thirteen, and so I did this on the side for fun, like album covers and like you know, like you know, fake ads or fake whatever you whatever you'd create when you're thirteen years old in Photoshop. Right. And when I was looking at the School of Architecture, realized that you could also you could actually make this into a career be, through the visualization department. That's really cool. And I ended up doing visualization and like actual art, but low key would have loved to have like an architecture degree. Very interesting. Which is a, if technically the opposite of like Virgin Abloh. Yeah, he's an architect. But yeah, like or a civil engineer. Which one is he? Uh. Architect, I'm yeah. almost positive. But now he's a designer. That's really interesting. But architect and designer, they, I mean, they have, they share a lot of similarities. I mean, they're obviously very different, but yeah. they, they share a lot of similarities. Like, it makes sense. Yeah. When you think it's about like it. production. Yeah. Of a different product. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah. Whereas you've pursued your technical career. Right. I pursued put, it. You know, I did it for a year, and then it's that thing where, like. It was kind of killing me that I wasn't making creative things, mm -hmm. you know. And so I was trying to do some outside of work, but it was different. And so it's like I, I had to get that creative outlet. And so whenever I went to school, or after I went to school, and when I went to the Richards Group, it was like I gotta get it. I gotta get this creative. Thing. Also, was someone just trying to open the door? It sounded like it. I think kind of locked. See, we can cut right here. And we're back on 104.7 Here Now podcast, uh, broadcasting live in Dallas, Texas, straight to your ear holes in Houston, Texas. This is Luke DiMomio and... Ricardo. You just, <laughs> just totally ad-libbed that entire thing. Of course. I was not expecting it at all. That's how you got to bring the show back. Dude, you... Okay, so... Fuck, another tangent. I... Try to get one of our producer friends to make a podcast intro for me. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I'll do it. Cool, no problem. And then like a week later, he texts me. He's like, hey, my wife decided to have her baby 
sooner than anticipated, so I can't do it anymore. And I was like, dude, that's so selfish. That is so right? selfish. You're just so, trying to bring life to the world. Right. And I ended up outsourcing it to Fiverr. Yeah, I know Fiverr, yeah. I I hated the idea, but I was like, you know what? I need this, and I don't have too much money. So, like, I, I'm going to give it a shot. Some guy created an intro for me after giving him, like, a kind of like a an idea that I wanted. And he sent it to you already? You have it on your phone? Yeah. Uh, I'm not using it. Oh, okay. Because oh, it's so funny. Um, Can we listen to it, though? Yeah, I'm going to about to play it for you. But Here, give me that guitar. I'm going to make you an intro. Oh, man. And so I ended up having to create my own, like, YouTube clips. Oh, so you did create one. But... play that again for you. Yeah, please do. You're now tuned in to the Here Now podcast. That sounds like if I was to, I'm sorry, whoever did that, I love you. You put in a lot of effort to that, I'm sure. But it sounds like if I was to make whatever I thought was the most stereotypical intro to a podcast or radio show. And that's exactly what I thought. And I was like, yep, can't use this. This no. is totally off-brand. But it's funny because that little ad-lib that you did fits perfectly right after that. Oh, it really does. It really does. Oh, that's too funny. So I ended up creating something that's a little less radio-y. Cool. I'm sure it's great. It's okay. I'm still looking for another producer to, yeah. to make something proper. Because um, I'm pretty sure I'm breaking a bunch of licensing laws with the yeah youtube bits that I downloaded. Do it really on. um okay resume conversation where how we ended up choosing a creative career yeah so uh i am doing this career now and uh it's been it's been a year or so in it um and so it's been a ton of fun and it's been a total change and I want to say that, so your, your like portfolio account is Luke AD on Instagram. Yeah, Luke AD. This entire time, I thought that... It was Luke Ad. Luke Ad. As yeah, in like... I didn't really think about the fact that everyone was going to think that, but it's Luke Anthony DiMomio. I mean, that sounds legit. AD. And so your, like, your personal account is your actual name. Right. And so Luke when DiMomio. I saw AD, I was just like, oh yeah, Ad, like that's genius. Yeah, no, I mean, that would have been great, too, because, like, I, uh, it's a six-letter, you know, thing, but, um, my, my name on my Instagram says Luke A. Demomio to see if people will get it. Oh. Um, and then my bio says Jew-ish. I saw that. You like that? I used to say, uh, I can't remember which comedian I heard say this, but I used to say, I'm less Jewish than I look. <laughs> <laughs> But is this old? It. Yeah, that was old. That was my old account. Said I'm less Jewish than I look, but this one doesn't. All right, this is Jewish. So okay, so then um, you're now at the Rich's Group. You've been doing this for a year. Yeah, I've been doing it for a year. Okay, so now what? What? What's your goal? At uh, least you like your like a one that's near, and then your like long term goal. 
Uh, one that's near is I've got this short film shoot um, on June 16th. I uh, am directing it and shooting it and producing it. Um, and it was, I wrote it, but it was inspired off a conversation from one of my buddies. And so um, he really gave me the inspiration for it. So I'll give him credit. But um, it's that's my short term goal is to make that and make it great and get into um, a film festival or two with it. It's going to be really short, um, it's going to be three minutes. So. Um, it's it's a digestible and there's a three minute competition I'm entering and um, so that's my short term goal and long term goal is probably to make uh, I've always said that I worked at the Tribeca Film Festival for three years yeah and I've always said I don't I want to be there with a film like for 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 yeah not working like yeah be there <laughs> be there be uh, invited I guess yeah be invited so I think that's long term goal yeah that's cool yeah I dig it. It's kind of... You already have one video project that... Uh, yeah, I've won a couple. I um, I won the 24-hour video race at Dallas with a few other people. Um, Drake was in that, right? Uh, Drake was in that, yeah, absolutely. So cool. uh, and my best friend Reed shot it, and um, I produced it and sh- uh, directed it, and there's a lot of other really talented people, two talented writers from the Richard Groove, Lauren and Randall, um, talented actress and uh, friend... Um, Keely and so uh, and Drake of course is the motion graphics so we ended up actually winning the 24 hour video race of Dallas and um, were entered into the Dallas International Film Festival like got screened there um, and then the short film Luke in the Sky with Diamond that directed four years ago or so um, kind of long story but it's just getting kind of submitted this last year and it won um, a silver Remy at the Houston Comedy Film Festival I believe, and then I think it won Houston World Fest, and um, at the Houston International Film Festival got Best Ensemble. Dude. So bang, there it is. So you sing and you make great I used shit. to sing. I retired. No, you still sing, dude. Nah, it's official. I'm in retirement. <laughs> Holy crap. I was not... Ex- I thought that you had gotten like one or two awards, and I was like, cool, like that is going to be like a quick 10 second, like... Yeah. I mean, they're, you know, awards I think are kind of uh, BS in a lot of ways. Yeah. I try not to put too much weight into them. Um, but at the same time, it is something that, like, makes it's you like feel a, good. It, yeah, I was going to say, it's like a physical uh, kind of, like, manifestation of, like, a light on a photo. It is. It really is. And, like, I mean, they hold more power. Yeah. But... And it's nice just to see people, like, art is so subjective, but it's nice to see someone think that my subject is, like, interesting enough to be accredited. Above, yeah. You know, it's not like math. It's not like where just, like, the number is right. Yeah, and everybody can get that one number. Right. And so it's just whoever's smartest wins. It's not how this works. Yeah. And so um, I just, I think I've respected a lot of the Tribeca Film Festival films that have been there. I'd, I'd love to be in there. Dude. So one day. I need more money to finance my films. Yeah, I was going to say. Like, That's the hardest part, man. It's just like how getting financed. How much does like a, a smaller production cost for you? Uh, my budget on this short film, uh, that, you know, it's just a three-minute short film, is $800. Um, and it's, I'm not even paying any actors. Like, they're all, like, pretty inexperienced. Yeah. Uh, but they've, you know, they've auditioned. Their theater teachers are, are in musical theater world, and have a Saturday off and want to kickstart their acting career. So um, they're talented people. So it's that's not the issue. It's just I don't even have budget to pay them. Yeah. 
Um, I'm, all my money is going into rentals and um, I craft services. I was going to say, everybody. yeah, food. I do get paid in food. And unfortunately, I know it's kind of stupid, but like the fact that I have won some stuff makes it to where I can get people um, to work for food. No, I mean, that's, yeah, it's a, it's, it's like a give or take, give and take type. Yeah, that's, I think it's like why you want to win things, just because yeah. it's like, you can put that down and then people will be like, well, I want to win best ensemble. I want to be in the ensemble that won. Yeah. So, Dude, get them in there. That's legit. There was, yeah, I had a point and you like, that talk over you blew it. me away. I'm sorry. Again. Um, what, what are you, what are you planning on shooting with? Uh, Mark IV and probably some Zeiss Cinema Prime lenses. I wanted to use the Canon Cinema ones, but yeah. only big packages available. So it's actually all going to be shot here. You have to concept things in, you know, within your means. Yeah. So, so here being your apartment. Yeah, I've got like it's a com- basically the just the gist of it is a phone conversation between uh, three Jewish guys, <laughs> and they're like one guy's on his couch, one guy's in his kitchen, and one guy's in his bedroom. Uh, and so you're just shooting different yeah. angles and you're fine. Exactly. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I I rented a... I've only rented once, like a camera equipment once, for my senior project in um, at A&M. Yeah. I rented a... I think it was like a Sony... I might be getting the name wrong, but FS700? Uh, I'm not totally sure of that one. It's... it. I mean, it records in you know, regular SD cards, but... It shot slow mo. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, and that's yeah. what I wanted it for because I was trying to film like a Nike esque um, ad commercial type thing. So I needed the slow mo to get like the dramatic shot. Sure. Sony's done some great stuff with their video. Yeah. This this camera seemed outdated at the time, but I think it may have been like two or three years out. So. Yeah. But it was you know by far the most complicated thing i've ever used really like, yeah like i i mean previous to that it was just dslr like i don't know shit yeah but yeah man all right we're gonna wrap this up okay uh do you have anything to plug um kind of just did yeah i kind of did just i guess luke ad is the uh instagram I'm trying to build that up and just get to have i like having cool conversations on there about movies and fun stuff and trying to post more work on there um do more side projects so i guess really just plugging if you are uh I guess in the Dallas area and you're an actor or a comedian or um, director, videographer, photographer and want to connect, then hit me up and, I, you know, I like making things on the weekend, so. Ooh. Yeah. All right, man. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, brother.